Jesus told many life-changing parables to his disciples and the multitudes who attended his meetings while he was on earth. And it's been established that he told at least 36 parables. These parables are so deep, so, so deep and rich. But of all of them, the story of Lazarus and the rich man stands out. I think it's important for us to read this parable in Luke chapter 16 from verse 19 to 31. And the first thing to note about this story is that this is the only story of Jesus in which people's real names are used. Go and check it please. Go and confirm it. Do your own study. In the parable of the sower, he never mentioned a name. And this goes for the parables of the kingdom. The wise and foolish virgins, the talents, and even in the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus did not use any name. So why did Jesus use real names in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man? Why? It is my conviction that Jesus used real names in this parable to express how urgent and important this message is. He used real names in this parable to make us understand that certain things concerning the kingdom are real. And the question this morning, is heaven and hell real? Have you imagined how eternity with God will be? Will there be a reward? Will there be a reward for your labor, for your suffering, for the persecution and the things you go through for God here on earth? How do we prepare ourselves to spend eternity with God? The story started with a wealthy man in Luke chapter 16 verse 19 and it says there was a certain rich man, a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine lining and feared sumptuously every day, every day. He had everything he needed. The rich man was clothed in purple and to live or to be clothed in purple simply means to live in royalty. He had all manner of food and enjoyed himself greatly. He enjoyed himself greatly. He was rich materially but very poor towards God. Very poor towards God. Friends, friends, wealth and riches are from the Lord. But in many instances, people can become rich and forget their God. Pleasure and wealth can make a man forget about eternity. When someone, by reason of their earthly possessions, achievements, or momentary pleasure, forgets eternity, they have been deceived by the pleasures of this world. And this is very common in the church today. So much focus on money, focus on prosperity, focus on wealth and 
very minimal focus on eternity. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 says, the New Living Translation, teach those, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Oh, some of us may say, oh, thank God, I'm not rich anyway, so I do not have this problem. I'm sorry to inform you that whatever produces temporary pleasure in your soul and makes you lose focus on eternity with God is your wealth and your riches. And it is your responsibility, I repeat, it is your responsibility to deal with it so that you do not miss eternity with God. Friends, our days here on earth can be counted, but how do you count eternity? How? How do you count eternity? The rich man enjoyed his life here on earth, but never took care of his eternity. He did not answer the very important question, where will I spend my eternity? Where will I spend my eternity? My dear friends, where will you spend your eternity? Where? Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man after all the labor, after all the working from morning to night, raising money here, building a house there, building another, buying a car, purchasing properties, doing all manner of investment here and there, great as they are. But what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, build the whole properties and structures and purchase everything here on earth at the expense of his own soul. What shall he profit a man? Will we all one day die and cross over to the other side, whether we like it or not? This is a reality. The time is different for everyone, but it is a reality that we must prepare for. If Jesus tarries, Hebrews 9.27 says, and just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment. Yes. So here are some questions for you to think about. Have you settled the issue of your eternity with God? Have you? Are you convinced that heaven and hell exist? Do you know that it is God's desire that you will one day be with him in heaven and you will forever remain with him? How do you invest in your soul? How? How do you invest in your soul? This is a question you must ask yourself and answer for yourself at the same time. Are you truly, truly following Jesus so that you will be with him one day or are you just following the crowd? Are you following the crowd? Have you been to Jesus for a cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood 
of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Here is a story that may put things in perspective, friends. There was once a king who had four wives. One day he fell sick and was about to die. In great distress and sorrow, he called his fourth wife, who happened to be the youngest and the most beautiful, and requested that she, she please, please die with him. But she refused. <laughs> she refused. She told him that she was in fact already prepared to marry another man as soon as he died. Hurt and rejected, the king called on the third wife, pleading with her, pleading with her to die with him. But she re refused also. She refused. How can I die with you when I still have a very good life before me, she said. I cannot go with you. It's a journey you have to go alone. I cannot come along. The best I can do for you is to organize the best burial ceremony possible. The king then pleaded with the second wife to follow him to the grave. And she vehemently refused also. And finally, he summoned the first wife, whom he had neglected the most. The first wife, the wife of his youth, the one that was there for him from beginning. He never had time for her, as he always was too busy with the other wives. But the first wife cried the most and was ready to follow her king to the other side. The king was sorrowful and asked her to forgive him for neglecting her all this time. But of what use was it now? Of what use? Do you know that all of us also have these four wives? Yes! Our fourth wife is our wealth and resources for which we labor so hard to get. We tend to give much of our time and effort to make money and we hardly have time for God. We work hard to buy cars, build houses, and store up savings and we forget that all we labor for will not leave this world with us. Not one cent, not one cent will follow us out of here when we die. Not even our car keys will follow us to eternity. We work hard for money at the expense of our relationship with God. Our third wife is our family and friends. How wonderful to have a circle of family and friends around us. But some of us don't even have time for God because of them. Friends have caused some to miss their destiny. But when the time to depart comes, not one of them will go with you. The best that family and friends can give is a decent funeral. An occasion to which they wear good clothes, play good music, and mourn for some time. But none of them will leave earth with you. The second is the flesh. The second wife is the flesh. We pamper our flesh with all manner of makeup and 
beautiful jewelry. We buy costly perfumes and colognes. Give our body the attention it needs, the vacation it cries for, and the food it wants. We invest so much in our flesh, but when it is time for you to leave earth, even your flesh will not go with you. The flesh will remain in the grave and return to dust from where it came. The first wife the first wife, which is the most important and relevant personality, is our soul. Our soul. Oh, our poor soul that we neglect the most. We invest into everything else, but we leave our soul impoverished. We leave our soul impoverished. Our soul, which is the one that we go with us, and stand before God is the one we pay the least attention to. The king wept bitterly for neglecting his first wife, but it was too late. He wept bitterly for neglecting his soul, but it was too late. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Dear friends, dear friends, are you investing in your soul? The rich man too had these four wives. His wealth and position could not follow him to the world beyond and his family did not go with him. Remember, he was even begging Father Abraham to send Lazarus to testify to his family so that they would end up so that they would not end up in the pit of darkness where he ended up. His flesh did not go with him because he was buried and the flesh will eventually return to dust. Only his soul, only his soul went with him but he did not invest enough in his soul and he ended up in hell. He ended up in hell. Friends, are you investing in the very one thing that matters most? Are you investing in your soul? Have you surrendered your heart, your mind, your soul, your life completely to Jesus? Think about it. Where will you spend eternity? And the deciding factor, the deciding factor is what you do with your soul here on earth. We will behold him and every tear.